0: And I I remember the first time I become one of them. So you're always saying, oh, they're making stupid decisions and they do this and they do that. And then all of a sudden, like somebody actually told me like, no, 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 you are they. And I'm like, oh, crap. (laughs) Like I didn't even realize. And so as you're becoming more of them, then you just need to realize that the dynamic of those friendships is inevitably going to change. Now you're in control of their career and their livelihood and their bonuses and all that kind of fun stuff. The conversations that you used to have Are going to be different. Welcome to Management Development Unlocked, where you will learn how to nurture a world class management team. And now, your host, Eric
1: Gerard. Welcome to another episode of Management Development Unlocked. I am super glad you are here. While you still have your device in your hand, I'd like to ask three favors. First, please subscribe to the show. Second, please share the show with just one other person. And third, go to Gerard Training Solution and download my free ebook on becoming a manager. Today, I have Tammy Alvarez with me. Tammy, welcome to the show. Who are you and what do you do?
0: Thanks, Eric. I am so glad to be here. I'm Tammy Alvarez. I'm the founder of the Queer Winner Circle, where we empower business leaders to make a big impact and love every Monday morning again. And we've got a team of coaches that work with brand new leaders like your community here, straight through the C-suite and beyond to make sure that people are getting the most out of their careers and ultimately becoming the leader that people choose to follow
1: amazing and i love your focus on coaching because i think that that is so so important for new managers to become a good coach and you don't you don't have to be you know, like a master coach but i think learning how to ask coach like questions and be curious about what's going on for the other person rather than prescriptive is super important
0: yeah and i think making that transition from being an individual contributor to leading a team it's a big period in people's careers, right? I think that's one of the biggest ones and then moving to manager of managers is another big, you know, mindset shift and how you show up and play. Yep. So, yeah, absolutely agree.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And today you are joining us from Mexico City, right?
0: I am. Yes, we I'm I'm probably one of the oldest digital nomads out there, right? But we decided to leave the states about 5 years ago. I cashed out of Wall Street. I was a executive on Wall Street for decades and moved to a tropical island off the coast of Belize, where we scuba dive in the morning, work the rest of the day. And uh, we had done that for about five years. But as a New Yorker, I was ready for something bigger again. So about a few weeks ago, we decided to make a move. And now we are in Mexico City.
1: Amazing. And my listeners know that I am a scuba instructor. I'm an open water scuba instructor.
0: I did not know that. Yeah, we're gonna have to share some dive stories off air.
1: Oh well, I think there will be some time, so we'll be able to yeah. do that. So yeah, I would love to to, to go down to Belize and, and dive one day. Oh,
0: yeah. diving is amazing. I mean, it's one of the best dive destinations. It, it's the second largest reef system outside of Australia, mm-hmm. and it's called the Mesoamerican Reef, and it goes from you know the Yucatan and peninsula, peninsula all the way down to Honduras, and it's just an amazing, amazing place to dive. Ah. Oh. I was excited. The very last dive I did before we moved, we actually saw a manta ray, like a 16 foot manta ray. And they're not indigenous to there, but they commute through on their way to the Yucatan Mm -hmm. because their plankton bloom is there. So the whale sharks and and all the manta rays are are heading to Cancun basically for spring break. So we saw one on its way. So That was really cool.
1: <laughs> one of one of my most memorable dives was a manta ray dive off the coast of Kona, off the Big Island.
0: Very cool.
1: Yeah, really amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's my happy place, right? It's the one place where I'm totally in the moment. Nobody's talking, and you know, you're just surrounded by beauty. It's amazing.
1: Uh, shall we just make this a, a show about? We can diving make a dive show, right? <laughs>
0: exactly. We can talk about, okay, you know, how do you go to a tropical island and dive for a living, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, maybe there'll be time for that after the the questions I've got for you. But um, yeah, let's circle back to that for sure.
0: Yeah, sounds great.
1: So I would love to know a little bit about the focus on, your focus on transitioning from individual contributor to manager and leader. And so the first question I've got for you is, what are the most important things someone can do when they're now leading their peers, which is a, a big focus for me in the classes that I teach.
0: Oh, awesome. So I'd love to compare notes and then you know, see what your, your advice is too. I'm sure we overlap in some things. Making that transition to managing your peers at any level is awkward. These are people that you used to complain with, you know, they're around the water cooler, you go out for beer and you're like, Oh, this is terrible. And then when you become one of them, right, Oh, they are making the bad decisions, they are doing this. And now all of a sudden, you're one of the things. And so I think one of the biggest things I help coach my clients on as they're making that transition is you need to promote yourself. And it sounds silly, but very often people don't believe that, you know, they deserve a seat at the table or that they really earned their way there. There's always that second guessing and stuff like that that's going on. And so I think first thing is to promote yourself. I think another thing to, to realize is that it is awkward and everyone knows it's awkward. So to be able to go back to your peers and have those conversations openly and saying, I know this is weird, and really spend the time focusing the conversation on what each of those individuals' personal goals are for their career. Because you typically don't have those kind of conversations with your peers. And if your former peer now knows that your first conversation is about what do you want for yourself and how can I help you get that? then that's a great way to break the ice and start to drive that servant leadership mentality and start to to get on track with that.
1: I love it. There's so much good stuff in what you just said, the servant leader mentality, taking an other first approach. So what can I do for you sort of a thing Yeah. rather than, you know, I'm the boss and you need to do what I tell you. Yeah. I love all of that. And I think that that will help a new manager immensely you know, make that transition and just admit, you know what? I understand this is weird. I get it. It's weird for me too. So, you know, let's do what we can, especially if you're managing your friends. Yeah. I I could see that being super weird.
0: Well, yeah. Cause I mean, if you're in the water cooler, having a beer, complaining about the same thing. And I I remember the first time I become one of them. Right. And you know, so you're always like, oh, they're making stupid decisions and they do this and they do that. And then all of a sudden, like somebody actually told me like, no, 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 you are they. And I'm like, oh, crap. (laughs) Like I didn't even realize it because I didn't put myself in that category. And so as you're becoming more of them, then you just need to realize that the dynamic of those friendships is inevitably going to change, right? I mean, now you're in control of their career and their livelihood and their bonuses and all that kind of fun stuff. So, uh, you know, the conversations that you used to have are going to be different.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think... One of the the big things that I talk about is empathy. And I think that that having empathy as a new manager toward the people who you were peers with, I think is you know important to understand, you know what? Wait a minute. Eric was one of us, and now he's one of them. ok, what what does that do to my what relationship with Eric? Yeah, yeah. so yeah. having empathy, and, you know I get it. I realize that this is uncomfortable and awkward, and I'm here to do what I can to yeah to make well this
0: and work. and I think it's also, Getting real with your expectations. Typically, those who get promoted have a higher expectation of themselves than anyone can ever have, right? So they're driving themselves harder. They're more critical on themselves, those types of things. And you get promoted on Friday. And all of a sudden on Monday, you're expected to know all the answers, or at least you think you are, right? And all of a sudden, you're supposed to have all this wisdom bestowed on you that you didn't have two days ago because your title has changed. And to have that humility to say, I am no smarter than I was two days ago, but I have a different role. We all have a role to play and let's figure out how we do this together collectively to win as a team. That's a much better approach to smoothing over the awkwardness of managing than trying to show up like you know more than everyone knows you do.
1: (laughs) Yep, absolutely. Totally agree. As my friend Jimmy Burrow says, we are in alignment. I am so aligned. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Talk to me a little bit about the typical mistakes people make in this transition.
0: There are two mistakes I see happen most often. One is that new leaders don't proactively solicit feedback. You almost don't want to know what people think because you're still trying to figure things out. But those leaders that do, whether they used to be a peer or not, you know, you want to make sure that you are checking in and not only giving people the permission, but giving your team the obligation to give you that feedback. Because when you do that, you grow faster. And again, you're a new manager. Everyone knows you're a new manager, so you're not fooling anyone. So the more you're like, how's this working? You know, what can I do better? What do you need from me to help you move faster and be more effective? Those are things that are not only going to engender you to your team, but they're also going to help you grow faster as a leader. The second thing I see not only new managers, but too many managers make a mistake on is they're afraid to hire people on their team that they view as smarter than them because it's a threat. When the reality is the smarter your team is, the less hard you have to work and the faster you get promoted again. And so when you understand what your strengths are and play to them, you understand what the things you're not good at are and build other people in your team to be able to support you in those things, you've got a winning combination. And those are the biggest two mistakes I see new managers making.
1: Yeah, and I've, I've seen that happen, play out in, in my own experience, and I've done that as well, where I decided to hang on to everything yeah. and not share, and that didn't go well. And then when I started Girard Training Solutions, I thought, you know what, I can do all this. I can I can take care of the books, and I can run the website, and I can facilitate and do the instructional design and do the graphic design, and got overwhelmed immediately Mm-hmm. And luckily was able to pivot really quickly and say, okay, I'm bringing in people smarter than me. I'm bringing in Sandra, I'm bringing in Diana, I'm gonna hire an accountant because some of those mistakes are expensive. I had Especially I spent when it's your own money. Yeah, it's my <laughs> own money and I spent a lot of it correcting my mistakes. Oh
0: yeah. so yeah. it was yeah.
1: it was cheaper in the long run to hire other people who know this stuff better than me and it's to the point now where it's like, okay, I trust you, I trust your judgment. you advise me. Yeah, you tell me.
0: You tell me what to do. I mean, fortunately, I'd gone through, I think, especially as a first-time manager, because you can still do the work. And when you can still do the work, you have that desire, craving habit to lean in And do it instead of showing the people who maybe aren't as good as you on how to do that. I mean, throughout my career, the biggest teams I ever managed was around 2,000 people in 32 countries. So people were doing work all over the world that I had no idea what they were doing. So I learned quickly that it was okay to not know all the things, you know, and then so I was able to adapt that very quickly to my business. But, you know, first-time managers, when you can still step in, it's hard to step out.
1: It is, especially when you're rewarded for being the doer. Yeah, you're rewarded for having domain expertise. And when you have to let that go, there's some grieving that happens.
0: Yeah. And and because you haven't honed in, you're really good at what you do. Now you stepped into a new role and you kind of suck a little bit at the new role because you've never done it before. Mm -hmm. So where are you going to spend your time? The stuff that makes you feel good and smart Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or the things that are hard and makes you feel like a knucklehead, right? It's just human nature that you're going to go back to what you know and love. Which is why you know mentorship, coaching, all of those things are critical in that first manager step to make sure that you've got the support that you need to to make the changes that are going to benefit you and the team.
1: Yeah, so building that network is super important. Surrounding Absolutely. yourself with with people who speak speak plainly to you and and yes. let you know what's working and what's not. That's right. And and I like the the use of the word knucklehead. I haven't used that one enough in my life. So I think I'm gonna add that.
0: <laughs> I used to be surrounded by them. That's why I finally left corporate, right? So uh.
1: <laughs> Oh, I are one. I am a serious knucklehead. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have
0: my moments as well, for sure.
1: Well, share some of your experiences when this happened to you.
0: Yeah. As a new manager. And pretty much anything in life, right? I've made all the mistakes you can possibly make, which is what helps you be a good coach too, because you can share those experiences and that way your clients get to make new mistakes and not the same ones that you made. You know, I think that the biggest mistakes that I made is I, am, I had imposter syndrome like crazy. I was typically the youngest woman at the leadership table most often the only female, and felt like I was always, you know, punching over my weight in terms of when I got those roles. I'm like, I don't know who I fooled, but I guess I like never felt like I belonged there. So early in my career, fake it till you make it became very, very much, you know, my mindset. You know, so in in that mindset, like I just could not get out of promoting myself, which is one of the biggest roles I start with. One of the other things that I really struggled with is – As a new manager, you've got to be able to make decisions on who your top talent is and who are your B and C players. And as a manager in general, as a human being in general, you tend to want to help the underdogs. And so you spend all this time with your, you know, average performers trying to get a C player to a B player. When if you do it right, you'll give them the support that they need, but you are going to spend your extra time with your A players because they will help you be more successful. It will help them be more successful and you'll drive better results. So I spent a lot of time trying to get the bad news bears to, you know, get to at least a, a moderate level of performance. And that hurt the whole team, right? You know, because your top performers look at that and they're like, why do you spend so much time with that person? Like, what about me? So I think those were some of the biggest mistakes that I made as a new leader.
1: Yeah. And I, I've i heard that repeatedly, that, that you really want to invest in your A players. Yeah. And not ignore your B and C players. Because no. they may just need the right kind of support yes. to, to move up to the next level. Again, empathy. You know, there, there could mm-hmm. be something going on that you might be able to help with.
0: And check in. Because not mm-hmm. everybody wants to be an A player. Mm-hmm. And you need people who want to just do the work and they're happy with that, right? You can't have an entire team that wants to take on the world, you know, so checking in and asking the questions of what do you really want? And it's okay to be happy where you are, you know, is a good way to guide you as a manager in terms of who you should be investing your time in, in terms of
1: development. Yeah, totally agree. Well, do you have a product or a service you would like to plug? As it turns out, I do. Are you surprised?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we've got a program, it's a, it's a quick and dirty program for new managers, actually, and it's called the Leadership Accelerator. And what it does is you're, you take a leadership assessment, and even if you've taken 100 before, this one is different, you want to take this one, and we spend 90 minutes in the executive briefing, understand how your unique leadership style helps you show up and how you show up in six critical leadership categories in terms of, you know, creating your strategy and your vision and your execution, you know, being able to mentor people and inspire and all of those things. And then what we do is we identify what are your strengths and you pick one of those or a few of those and you play to your strengths because that's how you're going to continue to thrive. And then we identify what your weaknesses are and you learn how to mitigate those weaknesses so they don't become your Achilles heel because if you're not good at it by now you're probably not going to be so build strategies to effectively you know mitigate that. And so we're offering a $200 discount on the leadership accelerator for the listeners of your audience today.
1: All right, awesome. And toward the end of the show I will make sure that folks know how to get a hold of you so that they can they can take advantage of that.
0: Great, awesome.
1: All right. Tammy, how can people find you?
0: Okay, so you can find me on LinkedIn. So hit me up at Tammy Alvarez or through Career Winner Circle company page. Or you can also find me on our website at careerwinnercircle.com. Just click on the talk to a coach and then our team will help you find me.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much, Tammy. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. I really enjoyed it.
0: You too. And worth all the stops and starts. So thanks for the invite. I appreciate it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for listening. Please subscribe, comment, share, and connect with me on LinkedIn. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Management Development Unlocked. Want more? Get a ton of insider tips and tools at gerardtrainingsolutions.com.